don't want to say I think everybody should be resistance training, but I think I do. <laughs> Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. Jeff. Hey, Andy. Good. I'm going to say good morning. I'm guessing it is It is going to still be morning for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've got an hour still. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. How are you, sir? Whereabouts are you exactly? Atlanta. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So East, uh, East Coast, you're EST, right? Yep, yep. You're UK. Yes. So for the moment, UK, normally reside in Dubai. Welcome to the show. Thank you for applying and thank you for wanting to come on and spending a bit of time talking to me. That's that's awesome. And um, I've, I've looked through, obviously, the notes that you, you dropped in on the on the application. So I've got some information there. But for the sake of anybody listening or watching, what? Um, and, and again, you know, the reason that we do this is we need to allow someone to ask the question or or sort of explore, I guess, the areas that maybe that they feel that are holding them back the most. In Or really, another way to put it, if I could answer or help with the one thing that would unlock the door to help you make progress, what would that be right now for you? So mine is diet related. A lot of stuff on intermittent fasting. And I've uh, I did that I, I would say uh, religiously for several months with mm -hmm. no appreciable uh, results. And then I actually just read your update on fiber tied to protein intake. And mm. so, so uh, I, I know I need to maintain the fiber side. But my other question is around the amount of protein that I should be, you know, in, ingesting per per day, you know, which which I've seen anything from 120 to, to 240 uh, grams, given my weight and age and, you know, stuff, stuff, you know. So, okay. so really the mix is, you know, and, and then if if I do include intermittent fasting, you know, that seems those seem to be because I see a lot of, you know, really good breakfast starting um, meals, uh, protein based breakfast meals. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't compute with intermittent fasting so uh, you know gotcha. what's the mix of those two and how do we put it all together gotcha what's the underlying goal so i can i can then context it towards the underlying goal for you so uh i'm uh six four uh 275 i've got one of those scales that gives me my uh body mass uh body fat uh visceral fat you know some of those kinds of things uh so so i'm in the i'm in the my my we fit uh, tells me i'm in the obese category <laughs> okay so, uh, so and, and and how long so you're 275. Is that a state? Yeah. Is it going up? Is it stable? What's it doing? Been there, been been between 265 and 285 for 20 years. Two decades. Okay. So two decades. Okay. And for anything that you've tried really in those last two decades, you've moved 10 pounds up, 10 pounds down, nothing's changed. Yeah. Not that it's a weight loss gold number, but is there a number that maybe you've been at in the past where you know you're like, that's probably a good place for me to hang out, do you think? I guess just from a, D a BMI standpoint, just to get under the obese categories, need to target about 240, 245, something like that. 
Okay, and that's respectfully, that's just to get underneath obese, correct? Yeah. So what would be what would be true success for you? Because obviously, that's just to get out of a bracket. But where would you, where do you think if I could if I could wave a magic wand? Yeah. And take you to like where 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 would you love to be? So just seeing you on videos and stuff, I can't imagine that your BMI is is so, really so low. So so te- technically, for, uh, when I'm when I'm heavier, when I'm carrying more muscle, I'm I'm technically obese in terms of right. the BMI scale. Right. But right. at the same time, I have veins running up my abs. So exactly. that's where that's where BMI can certainly be a little yeah, bit misleading. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's where I'd I'd you know for me two forty five would be a good number if I was in shape. You know if if the other measurements were you know ah, uh, so less fat and... more two forty five less fat more muscle something along those lines. Exactly. The holy grail for all men. Okay, I've got you. Okay, so, <laughs> and so right now, losing fat. Okay, so let's go to the intermittent fasting. Now, intermittent fasting in of itself has absolutely nothing to lo- do with losing body fat. Nothing whatsoever. Okay. Now, I'm going to caveat that with a few things. So, let's imagine this is a day. Okay, let's, ima- let's imagine just for argument's sake, to lose body fat, you needed to eat 2,000 calories a day. So to lose body fat, you burn a certain amount of calories a day. We call this our TD, total daily energy expenditure. It's the amount of and it's your BMR. So your basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of calories and energy your body uses if you were in a coma, like it's just to keep you alive. You've then got the moving and fidgeting and talking and all this sort of you then got the thermic effect of food and then cardio and training and exercise. Right. They're the kind of main categories. The biggest category is BMR. In other words, the one that really doesn't change very much at all. Um, this will be a, the amount of calories you burn when you're sleeping. It doesn't change very much. Now, let's imagine to be in a deficit, in other words, under your TD, your total daily energy expenditure. Let's just imagine for argument's sake, you needed to eat 2000 calories. I have no idea if that's a number just for the sake yeah, of yeah, this. Yeah. That's fine. Let's imagine this is a day. Okay. I don't know which way around I'm facing you, but let's say that's the morning and that's the evening for argument's sake. Okay, So let's imagine we eat from the moment we wake to the moment we sleep the whole day and we eat our 2000 calories. Okay, That's a day's worth of eating and it's 2000 calories. Let's imagine we now eat intermittent fasting style. So we eat at 12 p.m., for example, and we finish at 8 p.m., for example. Okay, now we're in here but we still eat 2000 calories. There's now no difference. Technically, within reason, we've still at 2000 calories inside a 24 hour window. Now, also, let's imagine I got you to intermittent fast. Okay, so we're now eating in hello, 12 till uh, eight. But I make you eat 3000 calories. I could make you get fat by intermittent fasting you. Because it's just an amount of calories in a window. So intermittent fasting in of itself, it's got nothing to do with fat loss. Can it help? Yes. Here's how it can help. So many people find, me included, this includes me for sure, but many people find that if they get up and they eat earlier in the day, a hormone, a hunger hormone called ghrelin tends to start to become active. So we might eat breakfast, then we might snack midday, we might have a lunch. Before we realize it, 
we're getting to the end of the day and we're snacking and we've eaten way over our calories because we started eat in other words we had more time to eat so what we tend to find is with people dieting um and i tend i tend to do this by accident i eat at about 11 to 12 every day that's when i start eating by i don't really think about it i just i get up i go to cardio um i work i go to the gym i come home i eat that's basically how it's just how my life works but what it means is i get to 12 o'clock and i'm like yay i get to eat all of my food for the rest of the day so but what it's done is it's controlled my hunger because until i eat my first meal i don't feel hungry i'm i'm not food centric i'm not thinking about food because i haven't ingested any i've drank a lot of water i've drank electrolytes sometimes i'll get some amino acids in there which is technically breaking my fast but it's in liquid form so it's not something that's hitting my stomach whether my stomach's having to digest and then ghrelin's going flying up so in terms of controlling appetite intermittent fasting can certainly be a protocol that we could use to to make make that beneficial in terms of overall calories well i could get you to sit down here and eat like four four or five burgers and a whole cheesecake and you've stuffed the whole day right like like you know what i mean like right. a few bags of pretzels and like before you realize it you've at 5000 calories because it's it's obviously possible you've at 5000 calories but you've intermittent fast so i'm only explaining this to sort of say that the intermittent fasting element is not a fat loss technique per se but if understood it can certainly be helpful now the other benefit and i get this is it means my digestion has had longer to relax so i i personally suffer with ibs i have done for 11 years normally speaking if i get up and i drink lots of water and i don't start eating till 11 well if i finish it i don't know eight the night before that's eight the night before all the way around to 11 that means my stomach has had a chance to at least rest and it goes through a thing called autophagy, which is it gets to replace its cells. It just gets time to relax. There's certainly benefit in that. And I think as we age, I think that becomes probably the uh, I, I, I do think that probably becomes the biggest reason to Im intermittent fast. In other words, probably longevity reasons other than outright fat loss reasons so is intermittent fasting beneficial yeah for sure i do i do think certainly you know i will i will very very rarely have food before i train and very rarely before 11 o'clock um and normally if i do i do tend to find that i struggle to digest it that early in the morning so that i suppose answers that in terms of okay protein levels so you weigh 275 now so it would be easy to say that we the easy um, equation for protein is uh, a gram of protein per body weight, per body weight, per, per, per pound of body weight. Right. So if you weigh if you weigh 275 um, pounds, then we could say 275 grams of protein. Now, this is where things get interesting because there has to be a let's say someone comes to us and they weigh 300. They are obese obese and they weigh 350 pounds there's no reason that we would give them 350 grams of protein because what's all that protein doing and that's a lot of meat and fish and stuff to try and digest so what we tend to do depending on how heavy someone is and where their where their goal is is give them the protein to the level of the weight that they want to end up at that can be a relatively decent marker now that's very different from the numbers you gave me earlier because i think you said 170 to something or other in terms of 
Yeah, the low end. Yeah, the low end was like one seventy, but but then uh, but then it did. I, I've seen that also where it's uh, match match your goal weight, so two forty. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so 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 an, an easy an easy way to consider this, and I, and I don't know all these numbers, but let's let's ju- let's just run let's let's play this out. Let me get my calculator out just for fun. Let's say, for example. You needed 2,000 calories a day to lose weight. Now, I do not, I, I'm not saying that these numbers are correct because I obviously yeah. don't know all the details. So let's say 2,000. Now, let's say we gave you 245 grams of protein because that's where you wanted to end up. Well, 245 times four. Now, four, we times it by four because for every gram of protein, you get four calories. Okay. So that means 980 calories are coming from your. Uh, protein, okay, which is nearly half your daily amount, isn't it? Because you're only getting to right, okay. So we might now turn around and say, okay, let's now try and work out your fat percentage. Now, what we might go is say, okay, we we would kind of work this one out backwards. I tend to go, hmm, let's maybe give you twenty percent of your total calories from fat. So that would be two thousand times point two. So that's four hundred calories coming from fats. I might now divide that by nine. The reason being is uh, there are nine calories per grams of fat. In other words, evolutionarily, our body was very wise at which of the three macronutrients it decided to store. It stored the most efficient in terms of the energy it keeps. It's like it, our body's very clever. Okay, so now we've got 2,000 minus 980 minus. 400 that leaves us 620 calories left over divide that by four which is 155 grams of carbs i'm not saying these are your numbers but we've just worked out that roughly speaking if someone needed 2000 calories 245 grams of um protein 44 grams of fats and 155 grams of uh, carbohydrates would be a reasonable place to start if someone needed two two thousand calories. Now, there's many, many, many caveats that I have not included in that. We could go lower, or I could have chosen to go much higher in fats if I believe the person to be relatively insulin resistant. Uh, so, are you diabetic, pre-diabetic? Okay. Yeah. So, normally speaking, someone who's carrying reasonable amounts of body fat are relatively insulin resistant. Why? Because their body just is is partitioning very, very quickly towards body fat. So to try and get some degree of uh, sensitivity back in terms of insulin, what we do is we bring carbohydrates down and push. Carbohydrates and fats are our two kind of energy macros. They do other things, but protein rebuilds and etc the other two are energy so we can we can fluctuate these around we don't want them both high for sure like that's how we get fat quickly but we could have you know if someone's very lean we would probably keep fats very low pump carbohydrates very high because they're going to get through the carbs if someone's walking around with a good degree of body fat we might want to try and resensitize their body bring carbs down, fats up. Now, this is kind of where a ketogenic diet may have a degree of benefit. But the problem is, is we do this and then someone thinks it's the fact that they're on a ketogenic diet that they're losing weight. It's not. It's because one, carbs are very low and they're losing glycogen in their muscles. And it's certainly not a long-term fix, is it, to be on a ketogenic diet because 
carbohydrates are nice and most people want to eat them but it but in a short period of time it could certainly help um you know sort of resensitize the body a little bit not something i do a whole lot but i certainly have got a few people where you know carbs and fats are low but quite quite equal and then as i see them get leaner i push fats down and bring carbs up and keep the protein basically where it is alphas i interrupt this show with a simple message this show is here to benefit you and your progression to the best version of yourself but not only just you it's also here to benefit the people around you your loved ones your friends other alphas in your vicinity so why not do a really cool thing today something that i would thank you for and maybe someone else would share this podcast with at least one other alpha out there who you know would benefit from it why not share the information share the ability for someone else to grow i'm sure they would thank you I 100% would absolutely thank you. This podcast only grows by our listeners, our followers doing amazing things like giving us five-star reviews, downloading podcasts, subscribing, and then, of course, sharing it with other people. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Share it with one person. And, of course, drop us a five-star review, download the podcast, and, of course, subscribe. And now back to the show. So those are probably the two things I think stand out of the two things that you've mentioned. So one picking protein in terms of grams at the weight at the goal. Are you, do you, do you do a lot of resistance training at the moment? More calisthenics. Gotcha. Any particular reason you've chosen that as a modality for training? A home-based. Fair enough. Yeah. So it's what you, so. I do, so I do uh, some, a little bit of dumbbell work, but light, you know, uh, and, and, and partly just still rehabbing the shoulder. Gotcha. What's, uh, so, uh, any other injuries outside of the shoulder? No. Okay. How bad's the shoulder? Coming along really well. It was, I had, I had surgery years ago that I never really fully rehabbed it. So now trying to uh, throw the ball, play ball with my grandson. I couldn't, (laughs) I had no strength to, to snap. And so something uh, like, something like that's going to really hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So it was largely, uh, although I had large, uh, pretty good mobility, it was like that last, 10 or 15% that was almost frozen in there. And so yeah. breaking that all up and then strengthening it all back. Gotcha. So, and I think certainly, I mean, I, I imagine sometimes that might hurt quite a lot, bringing your arm right up high. Is yeah, not, not so much anymore. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's pretty far along. Yeah. But good. I'm just trying good, good, to get good. the last few percentages. That really, st- I've switched from flexibility to strength now. Good. And of course, I'm not saying whether you should be doing this now, but certainly moving into a a program where a, a a degree of resistance-based training, so that means using loading correctly and safely um, for a number of reasons. One, because accruing muscle mass, and I'm not talking about, you know, ending up here, but accruing muscle mass is always going to help in terms of long-term, you know, longevity because it helps with our metabolism. It's going to help with overall posture. It's going to help with joint stability, joint mobility, joint health. So I would, you know, I, I think... I don't want to say I think everybody should be resistance training, but I think I do. <laughs> I think I think I think to a degree everybody should be doing something to at least maintain the muscle that they've got. Because obviously, as we age, we become generally less inactive. We pick up more injuries on this and that and the other. And generally, you, we see people dropping in terms of muscularity. I'm not saying I'm not, again. I'm not saying we need to all walk around buff and hench and mass. Not at all. That's not healthy either. But certainly, maintaining muscularity for long term health is beneficial, and therefore. 
keeping body fat low, keeping, you know, uh, protein high and, you know, lifting weights safely and correctly and it progressing, you know, there being progression. The thing with body weight training, it's, it's great. Absolutely. Very hard to progress though, because our body doesn't change weight. Now someone could say to me, yeah, but I could do more reps. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we could, but it's definitely not efficient whenever i think of an answer for something logically i try and take my answer to the absolute extreme and see if the thing still works let's think of a plank so a plank is a body weight exercise i know it's a stable one but it's still a body right well there's people out there that have planked for i think the guinness record is six seven hours or something like i don't i don't know what it is but it's a lady and i mean all credit to her like incredible i i'm not sure the goal for most people is to plank for seven hours i think the goal for most people would be to have a very strong and great core so point being is is sometimes the length of time we do something is never going to actually make the difference we then have to add some load to it to actually put muscle under an increasing degree of tension and it's that in greek increasing degree of tension um and intensity and volume and frequency and these things that we can change that ultimately lead a body to have no choice but to improve. Right. And that they're the things we should be focused on. And then therefore, whether we're intermittent fasting or not just comes down to, does it fit my day? You know, in terms of when and where I'm training, um, does it, am I one of those sorts of people that gets up and has a breakfast? Like, you know, maybe I have some oats in the morning and then I'm starving all day. And I, by the time I get to the end of the day, I've bust my calories again that would be me so i'm like okay i'll just start eating later and then the protein side of things is generally you know i would say pretty straightforward in terms of probably st i mean obviously it's a lot here's something to consider though that's a lot more protein than you might be eating now i imagine right correct so you would want to try and work your way up there slowly okay and you wouldn't i wouldn't jump there overnight because i mean i, I don't know what you eat and it, i mean you know whether that's coming from fishes and meats and powders and whatever it might be coming from work your way up slowly because your poor old digestion is going to be suddenly like the heck's going on because protein takes quite a while to digest generally the easiest digesting proteins will be things like a whey protein or fish i you know i i, I lean quite heavily on white fish because i again like i said i'd suffer from ibs so i i lean heavily on white fish i mean I'm, I'm not saying it's my favorite my favorite would be steak there's no question about that but i can't eat a, a rump steak or a fillet steak you know every day one it's expensive two i just wouldn't physically digest them quick enough so yeah i'll have a steak a few times a week absolutely no issue with that i'll have chicken i'll have my eggs and then i'll also have quite i'll eat white fish a couple of times a day because it's just goes in and it's gone and i find that a very easy way to get a lot of protein in but my body's like just assimilates it quite quick easy on the digestion that's what we want yeah. to be thinking about you know i'm not i'm you know we're both not 20 anymore when we're 20 our body just goes like a turbine for food now we have to think a bit more about what we're putting in how well we chew it how well we digest it because otherwise we might get away with it for two or three days but by day five we're like i ain't getting through you, you know what I mean you just get filled backed up and you're not getting through food yeah. Yeah, so uh, really good information. Uh, I got four X on protein. I've got nine X on fat. What's the what's the uh, multiplier of carbs? Four four calories per gram of both protein and carbohydrates. Nine calories per gram of fats. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I'm guessing that the your whole discussion around the protein piece, the mm. intermittent fasting would help that because it's giving me longer to process that instead of just keep piling it on, piling it on. 
That I would say, person dependent. Depends on the protein sources, depends on how well they digest. Um, for example, I'm notoriously bad at chewing. It sounds mm. silly, but the size of the chunk of the food that we swallow, if we've got a chunk this big, the stomach acid can only work on the outside. That's, a lot, of, that's a lot of undigested stuff in the middle. Whereas if you take like a mince, I want to say you guys call it something different. You don't call it mince, you call it... Well, ground, ground, ground. Oh, yeah, course, ground yeah. turkey. Yeah. So yeah. you think you think by the time you've eaten it, it's already a small little morsel. Yeah, that that's a really easy hack for people that don't digest food well. I'm like, just buy exactly. ground minced turkey, ground minced beef, because by the time you've cooked it up, it's you haven't you haven't got to cut it and you haven't got to chew it. It's it's tiny. So if someone was eating, say that um, a whey protein shake and maybe some fish. Maybe in that intermittent window or even over a full day, someone's getting through it quite easy. Again, this is this is where it's a self-experiment. Yeah. We just as lo- if we're super, super consistent, we then our bo- our body generally tells us what we should do. So if we're getting through food really easy, we're like, cool, that seems to be something that's working. If after about three days you're like, I am not digest, right, okay. We know that something in there isn't working, and then we can we can adapt and change. This is where most people go wrong. They change things willy-nilly all over the place and then have no idea what's working and what not. The goal is get as many things, as many plates spinning and settled as possible and then sit back and be like, right, am I getting leaner? Am I building muscle? Am I recovering better? Is stress better? Is sleep better? Whatever the thing is I'm focused on right now, if it's improving, don't change anything. If it's not improving, you then go after changing the one thing that's going to move the needle the most. Now that's where coaching, I would say comes in because from a coach looking in externally, we're not emotionally attached to what it feels like to be in the situation. We can look and say, right, well, you know, you know what I'd say, Jeff, I'd say this seems to be the area that we need to focus on. And you might be like, Oh, I really like that thing. And we're like, okay, you might really like it. But from our point of view, it, it seems to be where the bottleneck is. And, and that's, and I would say that's where external coaching can certainly lend that non-biased view into on, into on something. But generally speaking, I would then say it's treat things as an experiment. Just change the one thing that you need to change. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Perfect. Um, it's been a, a pleasure to get to talk to you and, and hopefully some of those um, some of those things there I've given you are, are going to give you a bit of an insight and certainly a bit of a direction to go forward. And uh, and again, go put some things in place and, you know, we continue to do this. And so obviously, you know, you're, you're more than welcome to ask to come back on again. I have no because it's, it's nice then to see people a few times over right, and see how things are going. And of course, if you've got any follow-up questions, I'm I'm pretty sure we must be con- connected on LinkedIn, maybe something like that, and yeah. or email. You yeah, just I'm reach all. out. We're all, we're always always here to help in one way or another. All right, Jeff. Thank you so much. Been a pleasure. Have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.